0: and welcome to the blueprint lifestyle design podcast unpacking and applying creative design principles to help you live your maximized life and now ready to help you design and build your ultimate awesome future here's
1: your host andrew lord
0: hello everyone and welcome back to the blueprint andrew lord here with you for episode number 53 unpacking the source code of success and today we have a very special guest Stacy Morgan, the principal of the Port Macquarie Performing Arts Studio. She's also a podcast host, a speaker, a business coach. I'll introduce her to you very, very shortly. But I just want to make mention that we do have a double episode this week. This episode is coming out and it's really important that this one comes out right now because uh, Stacy has a free webinar that she's offering on April 8th to find out more about freedom in business. So if you're interested in uh, in being a part of that, make sure you click on the link below wherever you're listening to this podcast and you can register to that free training. We also have another episode, episode 54, coming out straight after this one. Uh, As you know, the New South Wales mid-north coast has been devastated by some heavy rains and flooding, and so lots of people have been having to work uh, overtime, double time you might say, to, to overcome those challenges, myself included, and so I'm doing a double episode this week, and I'm going to be putting out an amazing story of strength, resilience, and the power of having a beautiful community uh, connected around you that is an interview with ben mayello make sure you keep an eye out for that one but for now we are unpacking freedom in business and life with stacy morgan welcome once again to the blueprint podcast my name's andrew lord and we have on the podcast a special guest today stacy morgan who is the principal of port macquarie performing arts dance school here on the mid north coast uh, she's the director of Morgan Media, a global podcast production company. She's a speaker, facilitator, business consultant, and a mum. And we're going to be talking about her with all of the different aspects of her life. So I want to say welcome, Stacey. Thanks for being here.
1: Oh, my goodness, Andrew. Thank you so much. I'm so looking forward to our conversation.
0: Yeah, me too. All right. So um when I bring people onto this podcast, what I really want to do is sort of to get a bit of a sense of who you are. You know how you got to where you did. So can you tell us a little bit uh, about your background, like way back when you're growing up?
1: Mm-hmm, way back when. Uh, so <laughs> I I grew up in Warhope, and um, you know, small country town. Everybody knows everybody, and that was, you know, so great for my childhood in terms of, you know, we had friends, we rode our bikes around the block, we went and played in the mud. Uh, but as part of that, I also was doing a lot of dance training. Um, that was that was my chosen sport and mm. um, very different to these days where kids are often part of a netball team and then they're doing soccer and they're doing dance and they do gymnastics and they do all the things. I feel like back in my day, you you picked one thing and that's what you did and dancing was my one thing. And I had an incredibly inspirational teacher in my ballet teacher, Miss Francesca, who really took me under her wing and showed me showed me what was beyond the walls of Port, Mac- of Port Macquarie and in, in our general area. So we were we worked hard in the dance studio. We were quite competitive, myself and my dance friends. We developed, you know, a, quite a rapport as a team, mm-hmm. and used to travel around to competitions. And um, you know, they, they're some of my happiest memories. But I don't think without that influence from Miss Francesca that I would have had the the confidence to be able to step out and, um, you know, graduate from school and then go dancing professionally and then go to university and then, you know, take really brave steps in in terms of my career, which I kind of feel like I've done each step of the way, mm. just when I think that I've you know, done. What is the The top of the pyramid. I, you know, you know, set a new goal and and go for the next mountain. So, without um, that really, really strong influence of incredible teachers when I was younger, I think I would have played it quite small. But, but I, but I didn't. So
0: yeah, yeah. Is that uh, school still operating, the Francesca one? It sounds familiar to me.
1: Francesca Louise Academy of Dance and Performing Arts. Um, no, Miss Francesca sold the business after twenty six years. Okay. and um and you know it's it's legacy i i would like to think its legacy lives on in the teachers that miss francesca trained many of which mm. you know work with me and um many others are kind of teaching all around the world mm. but the things that we learned in that in that dance studio you know on wallace street in Warhope, those lessons not just the the in terms of lessons that you learn as far as how to be a good teacher but lesser life lessons you know yeah. that confidence and that um that self-worth and that you know how to to make a dream and then make it happen mm. that that was all you know really important learning that happened and you know there's an incredible amount of alumni that were terribly successful that came out of that little dance studio and whilst mm. it no yeah. longer exists i really feel like miss francesca's legacy kind of lives on a little bit yeah. and miss francesca yeah. has you know taught for me as well like at our at our studio so being able to be in the classroom with her and have her inspire us and and you know make us the best teachers that we can be has been really special too
0: yeah that's great um dance to me well i'm not a dancer (laughs) let me just say that right from the start but it seems to be like a really vulnerable kind of a, a process where you you know, you step up and you're, you're presenting, you're performing in, in front of an audience and you have to let that audience in. Do you have any, um, sort of moments where that was, you know, a real, a real struggle for you or, or where you, you know, remember having to overcome the fear that's sometimes goes along with that? Or did you just sort of grow into it fairly naturally?
1: Um, I mean, when I was younger, I had, you know i went to dance and had you know absolutely no self-confidence i was the child that wouldn't put her hand up in class i i was definitely not one that had many friends i kept to myself in the playground and dance really changed so much of my sense of self And that I, you know, I gained so much confidence from that in terms of being on stage and, and that fear. I didn't really feel that until I danced, started dancing professionally. It's one thing to be dancing with your friends at a competition and, you know, you make a mistake and you kind of shrug it off and you go on to the next thing. But when it's your job and you're out on stage and you're mm. dancing for someone else's as, as your employment. And your body is your instrument and that's what you're being judged on and that's what you're being hired for that that was a really vulnerable state and you know i only danced professionally for a couple of years and and part of the reason why is is because of that vulnerability and because of that um consistent judgment and critique because you know dance is a you know it's it's so much a part of you you can't separate the you from from the dancing and sometimes Mm. i feel like that for me when i was 17 18 19 20 that was sometimes it was a little bit too much
0: yeah yeah how do you kind of make sure like I, i guess that everyone that comes to your um dance school you're looking to um you're looking to instill a lot of those qualities and those benefits that you experienced early on how do you sort of you know Create healthy competition and create a high bar and high expectation, but not push them into that place where it's stressful and just, you know, a culture of judgment and. Um, you know, it's gone beyond fun. It's not that yeah. fun anymore. Yeah,
1: that's a really great question because it's something we talk about often. And you know, we are a, a value centered business, and and we talk a lot in in terms of my team about our vision and our mission, and and why it's important for us to be teaching more than just dance steps. And you know, we're we're growing young people, and we're empowering them to to mm. figure out what those strengths they have are and how they can use those strengths in the world and how can they can use the art form of dance to, to, you know, empower others and to, to create um, entertainment and how to, you know, bring joy to other people. You know, it's so important that dance is not just about them. They know that mm. their dance is about so much more than that. Yeah. And so we do a lot of professional development as a team, ensuring that, you know, we're all singing from the same song sheet. The message that's going out to each of the kids is really, um, really, really the same thing, and, and and is all kind of rooted in in, in our values. Mm. But I think too, it's like, it's, it's really challenging in this day to um to kind of live up to our ethos, which is that every child is an individual, and so every child will have individual individual strengths and challenges, and and as teachers, it's important for us to be able to see what they are and to nurture those but it's it's a different time than when than when I grew up dancing and you know my parents kind of just dropped me off and at four o'clock and picked me up at eight o'clock and said how was it and I said good and that was the end of the discussion like it <laughs> I think there's a such a higher expectation from parents in these days to be really heavily involved in um you know what goes on in the classroom and what was learnt and how it was taught and um mm. what the outcomes are and are those outcomes <laughs> being reached and you know so it's it's a delicate balance that that we have to that we have to kind of um, draw we're always you know looking out for the students first and foremost but at the end of the day as a business our clients are the parents our, our customers the people that pay the bills are the parents so it's it's an important balance to try and make sure that they understand what we're doing in the classroom as well as you know doing the great work in the classroom which is you know why we all get into it we don't get into it for the for the HR, yeah, <laughs> for the yeah definitely.
0: Yeah. And I think um, schools, you know, I spend a lot of time working with schools. I think they're facing the same sort of situation where they have clients that, uh, um, you know, they need to uh, talk to those clients, uh, that, sorry, that, talk to those parents and um, help convince them that, that their kids are getting a great experience. But at the end of the day, um, the kids are the ones who, who really need to be uh, the focus of what's, what's going on, obviously.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of keeping that at the forefront of our mind whilst also, you know, all trying to contribute to the business being successful so we can keep the doors open and the lights on.
0: Yeah, that's right. So talking about business, let's, um, let's talk a little bit about yours. Um, I, the first time I knew about you and your school was seeing you on stage at Luminosity and um i sort of got to know you a little bit you know through through that network and then from there i saw you um you know just killing it just cleaning up at the the business awards and i'm like (laughs) oh my gosh this person gee she's um you know able to to really articulate well what what she's doing um in the business world so can you tell us um a bit about your business journey like uh How did it start? Um, What are the things that, you know, make you get up in the morning and and that you love about it? And what are some of the struggles that you face in business still?
1: So I was dancing professionally and I did an education degree at um, the Queensland University of Technology as well as a dance degree. And I knew that I, I always... Look, to tell you the truth, I thought when I was 15 that I was going to be a professional ballerina and Miss Francesca, bless her, never said to me that I couldn't. Yeah. But she always kind of put me in front of situations or put me forward for things, um, for auditions and things where she knew I wouldn't be successful so that I would get the message that, yeah. you know, it really wasn't for me without, you know, her having to be the one to say no because she never wanted to be the person she wanted me to figure it out for myself, which was a beautiful lesson for me. So um going to university and doing dance and also doing education, Miss Francesca had already, when I, you know, it became very clear I wasn't going to be a ballerina, she steered me in the direction of teaching. And I was, you know, a, a 50 times better teacher than I ever was going to be a ballerina. So she 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 knew what she was doing. And so mm. doing education at university was a kind of a nice transition from that um into you know something a bit more formalized than the dance studio setting um teaching dance in schools and i really really enjoyed that i yeah. got a job straight out of uni as the head of dance um up in townsville and you know had a great time doing theater and meeting incredible people and teaching um at schools up there yeah. but i got this great job i got this great job i say i you know i went for this what seemed like an impossible role at at the time i was 24 and it was the role of education manager with the Royal New Zealand Ballet, so um, running a national education program for dance. And of course, being 24 and just like just un- unstoppable and like unshakable, I was like, of course, I can apply for this. Let's go. And so, you know, I put together this p- PowerPoint presentation as part of my proposal and, it, you know, that was just completely unheard of. Everyone else was just sending in resumes. So I I made it clear that I really wanted the job and I was lucky enough to get the job. And mm. so I spent, um, I spent four years working in a ballet company, which was, you know, where I wanted to start, but I never, you, you never thought it would be in, in this aspect in the aspect of education, which ended up being perfect because it mm. wasn't, you know, it, it went to my strengths. Yeah. So I taught at the Royal New Zealand Ballet and then, um, I met my husband, and he was from yeah. Port Macquarie, and um, I knew that I wanted to move home eventually. And he was here, and I was there, and we did long distance for a really long time. But eventually, I came home, and at that stage, I'd been doing ballet forever, and I was mm. and I was quite ready for a break. So, I took. Um, I took a fabulous position at Star FM doing breakfast radio, which was something I'd done a lot of when I was, you know, in my teens at community radio in Warhope at 2AFM. And I'd worked for Star FM in my uni holidays when I was when I was young. So I loved the opportunity to be on breakfast and I loved the, you know, the chance just to have some time away from ballet and away from, you know, what I'd always done, just to see mm-hmm. that there was a whole life and a world outside of that. But, you know, it didn't take long before I missed it. And so Mm -hmm. I was working early mornings at the radio station and I had afternoons free. And I thought, well, you know, I could just teach some kids in my garage like two days a week. That could be fun. And I pitched it to Heath and said, you know, it'll just be be babies. It'll just be two days a week. (laughs) We'll just do it in the garage. It won't be a big thing. And so I put a little ad in the paper and... You know i had 70 kids turn up on the first day oh wow and, yeah <laughs> and so it couldn't be done in my garage we had to find a venue and then i had to employ staff and you know it was like a it like the train had left the station and the train hmm. was moving and i and i was on it whether i liked yeah. it or not um and luckily i did love it so yeah. the fact that i was able to you know have a little break and have some time away and then launch myself into this business and anyone who has their own business knows that in those early days you're running on adrenaline and you're doing all the things you are the marketing department and you are the HR department and you are doing you know delivering the service and you're doing absolutely everything and that was me and not only was I doing that I kept my job at the radio so I was doing breakfast radio from 4am not 4am I was getting up at 4am but I was doing breakfast radio from 5am until 11am and And then I go home and sleep, and then go to the studio at like two o'clock and teach till nine o'clock at night. And I did that for a really long time until it just became too much trying to do both at the same time. Did you have your family?
0: Sorry to interrupt. Did you? Was your kids? Did you have kids at that point?
1: I no, I didn't have kids at that point. There's no way that I could have done that. And actually, (laughs) the the input, yeah right the impetus to actually leave the radio and and do the business full time was that Mm. heath and i were trying to have a family and it wasn't happening mainly because i was gone early in the morning and then i was asleep asleep late at night there were there were times where you know most weeks from thursday to saturday we didn't see each other at all Mm. and we were wondering why we couldn't have a baby like (laughs) well (laughs) like it's so for us it was you know something something had to give if we wanted to be able to go to that next level and so it, yeah. it ended up being the job at the radio which i loved and i was you know really disappointed that that had to be the case but mm. it um it made me it gave me the opportunity to to concentrate 100 percent on the business and um i fell pregnant the next week and nine months later, <laughs> later i had lucinda so wow. it's um it it was a really short period of time that i had where i wasn't either working full-time and running my business or didn't have children and 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 was running my business, so
0: yeah, it's so. It sounds like the business took level. off really quick. Um, did you have then staff that sort of uh, carried it for you while you were, you know, in those early times of being a mum?
1: I did, but to tell you the truth, you know, I had incredible staff, and I and I still do, and I'm very lucky to have them. But when I first had Lucinda, um, I was under the impression that there was an expectation from society or from my customers that Mm. I wouldn't drop the ball at all in the business that everything that they had expected and everything they had received up until this point would not change I was having a baby but nothing's going to change like crazy I think back on that now and I go what and you know most of the that expectation was from me it wasn't it didn't no one actually ever said the words to me but it was Mm. just you know the story that I was telling myself and that that just meant that I was really burning the candle at both ends and really Mm. trying to be everyone, everything to everybody. And, and it ended up making life a whole lot more difficult for myself. And, you know, and as I've had two other subsequent children, Patrick and Henry, I've, um, I've really kind of changed my Mm. attitude (laughs) towards, you know, babies and business. And, you know, when Henry's now three, and, you know, he's our youngest. And I feel like um, there are a lot of lessons that I learned mm. along that journey.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, there's sort of that message out there, I guess. Um, uh, like, there's a lot of parents, I think a lot of mums listening to this podcast, and and we've sort of brought this up on the podcast before about there's this idea that you can have it all, uh, particularly in the life coaching kind of uh, space. You know, you can have anything you want. Um, but I don't think people talk about the cost, uh, that much, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess you can have anything that you want, but you have to kind of be prepared to, 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 you know, either pay a significant cost, or I think you can get a, a different level of quality by, um, uh, by choosing to not do some things as well. um, you're moving into a space where I guess you you're you're helping young mums tell me tell me what the the group's about
1: well so what I've learned from you know doing it wrong for so mm. long <laughs> was it was a whole heap of a whole heap of lessons that I essentially wish that I knew prior to, to having children and running my business at the same time. And yeah. some of those things are business things and some of those things are mum things, but most things are life things and they kind of all mesh in together. And so I started a Facebook group called How to Run a Successful Business and Still Have a Life because mm. um, there was a little while there where I just didn't think that was possible at all. And yeah. interesting what you said about, you know, we're told that we can have it all and we can do it all. I think we can, we just can't do it all at the same time. And that's yeah. the part that people leave out. You can you can have, you know, a great family that you nurture and you can have a very successful business. Mm. But sometimes you need to compartmentalise when you're spending your time and energy on each of those things. Mm. I know that while I'm trying to work, I'm not the very best mum I can be. And I also know that, you know, while I'm getting the kids dinner at night, I can't give my full attention to the staff member that's on the phone that that's having an issue. So mm. it's, for me, it's really been about, um, creating some really strong boundaries and working hard to to keep those boundaries so that I can have time where I'm with my kids and I'm just mum and I'm really mum and I'm mumming as much as I can and to my very best ability and then I have times where I'm at the studio and I'm in work mode and at that time the kids need to be elsewhere and you know mm-hmm. that elsewhere is often a really good option because you know, they've got incredible daycares that they go to and incredible schools that they're at now. And we have an incredible family connection here in town where we're we're lucky to have both sets of grandparents and, um, you know, lots of aunts and uncles and a a great support group around us. So Hmm. um, taking away a little bit of that mum guilt about you know, what you think you should be doing yeah. and um, what's actually realistic is, is, is part of what the group's about. And it's not just for women, you know, you're a member of the group too, Andrew, it's, it's for yeah. anyone who's trying to, to do lots of things at once and often yeah. feels like they're the only one doing it. It's yeah. really about building community and, and about having a place where people can go and share their wins and share their challenges and, um, you know, build community with other people so they don't feel like they're so alone.
0: Yeah no that's great and i think it's a it's a really valuable um service that you've that you've put out there and um i appreciate you saying that that, you know it's not just for mums um it it, i think yeah respecting the seasons of of life um, is such an important thing um i've got five kids as you know and um yeah it's busy at uh certain times and busy in business at certain times and then other times it's just like um you know it's just not not worth it to try and um push that push that extra step in business when you when you need to be spending those times with your kids so yeah, yeah i just think it's so important
1: yeah it's not it's not just even not spending the time but it's about not it's about giving yourself some grace and understanding mm. that it's okay for you to have time where you're focused on one thing or the other thing it's not it's not the end of the world if you do need to pull focus to one area or another. There was so much, you know, guilt that I used to feel when I'd be at the studio and not with the kids or when I'd be with the kids and not at the studio. And I used to just torture myself about that. And, mm. you know, that was my inner monologue and that was just me, you know, when I jumped into bed at night, but it's, it's such wasted energy and it's, it, it serves absolutely, absolutely no one.
0: Yeah. And
1: that's been a really, you know, I've learned that the hard way. You know, mm. Brene Brown on her podcast always asks, what's the leadership lesson that you have to learn that the universe keeps teaching you over and over again? That's mine. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I just have to keep learning it over and over again, like show myself some grace, get off my back a little bit. It's okay. Mm. The children are alive. The business is still running. <laughs> Every, everything's okay. There will be another day.
0: Yeah. No, that's really good. So uh, your start in radio, that... Um you're back doing a little bit of that that style of work now with uh with your podcast tell us about um uh some of the podcasts that you've got going on
1: well morgan media was grown out of uh just an enjoyment of podcasting and an enjoyment of audio i love Mm. audio i love listening to other people speak i love you know somebody getting into my ears and and telling me their story so at the radio you know I was paid to talk about the Kardashians and who wore what to the Grammys and that stuff didn't always really interest me whereas now with podcasting I get to talk about stuff that you know I'm a little bit more interested in and the great thing about it as well is I also get to edit other people's podcasts so I've got a great range on the Morgan Media Network of podcasts from business podcasts to marketing podcasts to meditation podcasts Um, some uh, you know just hobbies of people like things that people are interested in but some are also you know a really important part of their marketing funnel so it's a really nice mix to have to have the opportunity to to hear what other people want to put out into the world and, and to help them do that
0: yeah that's really cool i didn't realize that uh, it went to that extent so um i've got a few people in my launch your passion project um program at the moment who are looking to start a podcast what advice would you give to someone who's um <laughs> you know, got an idea and and wanting to get it out there?
1: Well, the thing about podcasting is there's so many different steps. You think Mm. about the recording section and you think about, okay, what am I going to talk about today? I'm going to talk about this. And then you talk about it. But what many people don't realise before they get into podcasting is that once it's recorded, there's several steps that kind of have to happen afterwards in in order for other people to hear it. And you want people to hear it. You don't want to go to all the hard work of putting it together and then you know, it goes out into the universe, and and nobody actually gets to listen to it. So Mm. it's just as important to have a strategy around how you will get your podcast out there as it is to actually record the podcast itself. But um, I could talk about podcasts all day. So anyone who is interested in podcasting, please send me a DM on Instagram, I I will talk your ear off about the things that I use, the equipment that I use, the way I go about things and, and try and set you up as, as well as possible
0: we might have to have another episode just focused on that that could be another fun one to do
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i'm all about it let's do it
0: yeah okay cool um this is a question that we ask everyone who comes on to the blueprint podcast because this podcast is all about what is success and it's you know obviously different for anyone who who thinks about the term it's there's as many different definitions for success as there is human beings but what is success and how do we use education to scale that success? So you've, um, you know, had experience in both those areas. You know, you've been successful in business. You're also you know, a passionate educator as well. How do you define success for yourself, number one, and also for, you know, the people that you serve?
1: Such a great question. I... It's a big question it's a big question and it's changing all the time it's not you know the answer i give you today might be different to the answer next week but Mm. um i've i've just recently come up with a really tangible answer and i'll tell you all about it so my daughter grew out of her bike and so we needed to get her a new bike and the concept of online shopping because this was during covid um was just like it blew her mind so she's online and she's checking out pink bikes and purple bikes and blue bikes and bikes with bells and bikes with baskets and all the things and I you know fell into the trap of she would finish on the computer and go off to bed or go off to do her homework or whatever was going on and I would jump on the computer on the same website and go oh that's a pretty bike (laughs) and I don't ride bikes like I'm not I'm not a triathlete but like I'm so far from a triathlete or anything like that but I you know I used to ride my bike around the neighborhood when I was a kid and that seems like something I could do and you know they say it's a skill that you never lose so anyway when Lucinda got a new bike I also got a new bike and it's beautiful you should see it and the basket at the front and it's you know on brand with the ballet school it's ballet school blue. <laughs> and so this bike became has become my tangible version and really, um, really clear version of success, not the bike itself, but riding the bike. So Mm. if I'm in a really good headspace, if I've got my, uh, you know, my to-do list under control, if I have, you know, white space in my calendar, time in between, you know, different meetings or different um, classes, then I'll have time to ride my bike. And that for me is a symbol of me being in a really good place and yeah. so for me that's kind of become my version of success if I can ride if I have time to ride the bike then I feel like that's success for me yeah, not only does cool. it help me get outside it you know we live near the beach so I get to ride past the beach on my way into town I'll ride it to meetings I'll ride it to the studio I've you know mapped out a little not very hilly version of how to get from here to there um, without having to do too much too much effort. And so for me, the bike has really, in the last year, just become something that I celebrate
0: mm. in
1: that if I've got time to get on it, then then things are going well. And, you know, in the same light, if I haven't been on the bike for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, not only do I feel it physically, but mentally I know, okay, something's not right here. I need to readjust. So I'm either, mm. you know, too busy or too stressed or um, I'm taking on too many obligations or I've let my boundaries slip. And so it, it becomes like a a, a check yourself moment mm. um, when I when I see the bike in the garage because every time I drive in in my car there there she is looking yeah. pretty and yeah. I get really you know I get really motivated to make a change and to and to put that time in my schedule if if I know that I haven't been on the bike for a little while so, Lucinda got a new bike and I got a new bike and um, that's that, that's kind of my thing at the moment so if you see me yeah i'll ring the bell when you drive past. (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: awesome i love that that's such a cool definition it's so simple but represents you know so much and i love how there's the element of gratitude in there you know what you're really appreciative when you're on it but it's also a prompt and a a attention a healthy tension that builds when you when you don't have it that's so cool i love it yeah
1: and i didn't answer the second part of your question in terms of
0: students yeah
1: well I take you know my role as role model for my students really seriously not to say that I don't have a lot of fun with them but it's you know it's the the kids that we teach are all at really impressionable points in their life um, Mm -hmm. either in their brain development or their personal development um, and and the education they get from us so I'm always about constantly learning and I'm you know, we talk a lot and in the studio about different learning styles and how we can reach each individual child by working with their learning styles. And so we have, you know, we have lots of tools in our tool belt in terms of educating different kids and explaining different steps in different ways and trying to connect and make those personal connections with our students, no matter what age they are, from our twinkle toes all the way through to our graduates, and then ensuring that they too then appreciate education. They They know how important it is, you know, going forward, that they are always interested in learning. And I don't mean learning like they have to go to university, but they're always interested in improvement. We talk a lot in the studio about about feedback because as dance teachers, we're constantly giving feedback, stretch that leg, turn that leg out, shoulders down, Mm. head up. So that feedback and constantly giving that feedback and getting that feedback, we talk to the kids about how, you know, once they leave our studio walls, they wanna be seeking that feedback and seeking that education as they as they move through the world. Mm. And hopefully, whether they remember how to do a pirouette or not, hopefully as they grow and as they move into adulthood, those kind of lessons are the things that they carry with them and that they will pass on to their kids one day.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. That's really good. The last podcast I just put out was all about growth mindset. So when this one comes out, it'll be a, a great... Um, segue you know following on from that all right so port macquarie performing arts um your your media company miss bossy boots podcast where's the best place? i'm going to put links you know wherever people are listening to this podcast i'll put links below uh where's the best uh place for people to find you
1: yeah i hang out on instagram quite a lot so i'm at Simply Morgan, or simplystacymorgan.com because at the moment you know i find my time split between you know teaching and the leading and the management of the ballet school and also the producing of the podcasts but i'm also really interested in in educating other small business owners on how to get themselves into a position where they can find their version of the blue bike where they can mm-hmm. find their version of success and help them get from from where they are now to whatever that is for them so i'm doing a lot of group coaching i'm doing a lot of one on one coaching um and i've got a webinar coming up in a couple of weeks which is all about making sure that you are running your business rather than your business running you which for me in the first couple of years of my business i know i felt like i was being run <laughs> by the business entirely so yeah it's kind of about the lessons that i learned in that really that really challenging time and how can you know small business owners no matter what stage of business they're at um, you know, learn from the mistakes that I've made and, and try to implement those things in their own business in order to get closer to their version of success.
0: Mm. Yeah, that sounds great. When's that on?
1: 8th of April. And we've 8th got of two, April. Different, two different time zones. Um, so we're doing one in the morning and one in the afternoon so that we can hopefully cater to everybody.
0: And if people wanna register for that, that's via the Simply Stacey Morgan website, is that right?
1: It is, yep, you can register at simplystaceymorgan.com or the link is in my bio if you follow me on Instagram.
0: Awesome, that's so good. Stacey, I feel like this has just been an introductory podcast. I feel like we've got more to talk about, but I probably (laughs) do need to leave it uh, there for today. Thank you so much for, for joining me. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you get to know you a little bit better. And I also want to say thank you for the contribution that you're making to the community through your dance school, through this uh, new group that you're doing, through the coaching work, through the webinar, all this stuff that you're giving out. It's um, so important, so valuable. And I, I just want to say thank you on behalf of our community for for what you give back in that way. So thank oh, you so much.
1: It's really that's lovely good. of you to say, thank you so much. I I love it. And there's, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. We live in a pretty special
0: place we do yes we're very lucky and there you have it Stacy Morgan she's doing so much more than just teaching dance mentoring young people for life and using her model of education to scale success she's a role model for young people but she's also a role model for parents wanting to balance running a business and also having quality time uh, with their family two things that are very dear to my heart if you are interested in joining her webinar running your business not your business running you make sure you go to simplystacymorgan.com and register for that and if you're in a position where you are wanting to get more lifestyle balance i highly recommend that you check out the lifestyle design quiz You can find the Lifestyle Design Quiz at lifestyledesignquiz.com and it will create a free customized report for you analyzing your strength profile, your focus for growth and it'll also give give you some coaching questions to get you really clear on what is your next smart step. All right, that's all from me for today. Hope you're having a good one. Bye for now.